Section 42 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 42. Monday, 13th. I read Mr. Wesley's journal. In the afternoon the preachers came to consult further about the stationing. They all agreed to my first appointment, except one brother. He was unwilling to go back to Baltimore, although we had no one so well qualified. On Monday evening and Tuesday we met and conferred, when the judgment of the preachers prevailed against F. Gerritsen. We were blessed in prayer with each other. Our appointments were as follows. Kenton, Maryland, Glendenning, S. Black, Joseph Wyatt. Kent in Delaware, Thomas Chu, Joseph and James Cromwell. Sussex, S. Rowe, J. Martin, J. White. Dorset, Petticourt. Tuesday, 14. We parted in peace, united in heart and in judgment, and abounding in love. Glory be to God. Wednesday, 15. I ended the reading of a volume of Mr. Wesley's journal, giving an account of the rent made by Mr. Maxwell and Mr. Bell. I read a part of what I had transcribed upon the art of preaching. At night I met the society, and found them more and more spiritual. Questioned closely. Permitted some to speak. It was a solemn time. Thursday morning we made our plans. Thursday 16. I examined Joseph Everett as to his call and qualifications, his circumstances, and his knowing and loving the Methodist doctrine. He gave full satisfaction. We, however, left the matter in suspense until Caleb Petticord goes down, and we shall know from him what call there is in Dorset. Friday 17. A day of fasting. We all parted after much business. S. Rowe went to Sussex, the two Cromwells for the circuit, Kent in Delaware. Petticord to Dorset myself to go through Kent and Sussex, then to the Jerseys, Philadelphia, and Chester. I wrote to Waters, Dudley, and Drabruller. Friday set out for a murder kill, stopping at Combs's that night. I spoke freely to the man upon his mysticism, and to the family about their souls. Saturday, 18. Rode on to the chapel. Joseph Cromwell met the people in class. I gave an exhortation, took down the names of the children, and spoke to some of them. I desired the preachers to meet the children when they came along. An important but much-neglected duty. To the shame of ministers be it spoken. Sunday, 19. We met at the chapel. My text, Psalm 78, 4-7. The people came in late. I was incommoded, but at last felt liberty. The serious parents were much affected. Joseph Cromwell exhorted. I met the society, and gave a close exhortation. Settled the rules of the house, and appointed stewards. Monday 20. I went to Purden's, spoke from 1 Samuel 12, 23-25. I had a cloud over me all the time I was speaking, was severely tried. I was humbled and solemn. Tuesday 21. Rode to young Logwoods, spoke to about one hundred people from First Chronicles 14, 11. Was much blessed. Joseph Cromwell spoke much to purpose. 
I trust there will be a good work in this place. Road to Richard Shaw's. I was kept in much confidence in prayer. My soul was much drawn out after these people. My text here from Philippians 4, 8. I had not much liberty. I met the society, exhorting them, and pressing them to close communion with each other, and reminding them of their obligations to us. They appeared deeply sensible of it with cries and tears. Brother Joseph Cromwell exhorted. My mind is kept very serene. Thursday, 23. I am much given up to God. Joseph Cromwell parted from me to go into his circuit. Mr. Coleman came up with me from Virginia, either to take charge of Dover School or to preach. He expressed great satisfaction in the people of these parts. I went to see Mr. Logwood. I have been waiting some time for his coming to the Lord. He hath long stood it out, but I believe he is now deeply engaged, and so are almost all the adults of his family. I met a man who took occasion to abuse me as ringleader of sedition with many hard sayings. He was in his cups. I pitied, forgave, and prayed for him. Friday, 24. I rode ten miles to Mr. Boyer's and preached on Philippians 3, 4. Had liberty, and the people were affected. Mr. Coleman exhorted. I spoke to the society, addressing them with respect to the rules and their loose walk. Answered a very affectionate letter from John Finney, relative to the Union in Virginia. Saturday, 25. We rode to Mr. McGaw's and had some talk with him about his undertaking a plan for the education of youth, John Coleman being proposed as his assistant. Sunday, 26. I rode to Shaw's, preached with liberty to about one hundred people, from First Chronicles 28, 9. In the afternoon again at Dover, preached on Ephesians 3, 11. Had some liberty and spoke searchingly. But this people will, and they will not. They will in appearance be religious, but not in heart. Monday, 27. I rode down to Jones's and preached from Proverbs 1, 24 through 26. I had life, and some appearance of effect produced. In the afternoon, Mr. McGaw preached an excellent sermon on, When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Tuesday, 28. I preached at Joseph Wyatt's on these words, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Had not much liberty. I met the society. Many spake of the goodness of God. I went to lodge with Mr. Smith, a strong churchman. I am kept in faith. Thursday, 30. I have peace of mind and the love of God. I preached at Liverson's on Proverbs 28, 13, 14. Had divine help. I found some simple-hearted people here, but very ignorant of true religion. I met class and reproved two disorderly walkers. I hope they will reform. I wrote to Mr. Cooks, who desired my company. I talked and prayed with him, and proceeded on to the crossroads. I here met many of my friends, among about three hundred attentive people, to whom I spoke upon Matthew 3, 7-10. I hope good will be done here. I wrote to Blackstown, where I met about one hundred and thirty people, and spoke on Take Heed to Yourselves. Some of them were greatly engaged. 
Louis Alfrey has been made a blessing to these people. Their number is increased, and they purpose building a chapel. Friday, December 1. I rode to Scotton's. Here they have been disappointed in preaching, having had but two sermons this last quarter. The consequence was that they did not attend. They are not as steady as they should be. The day I wrote to Shaw's being damp, I caught cold. I have suffered loss in my mind. Saturday, too. Rode to Fatad's, and although it snowed, there came together about thirty people. Preaching was a blessing to them. Sunday, three. Rode to the chapel. The weather was so bad that not more than thirty people attended. Having a sore throat, I spoke with difficulty. After meeting, I went to Mr. Emery's. Monday, I was bled. I rode to Black's, but found myself unfit to speak. Leaving Mr. Coleman, I went on to Black's, fearing my throat would be worse. I was afflicted. A useful letter from my trusty friend Robert Furness came to me. I have also received one from Petticord, giving an account of the work in Dorset. Wednesday 6. Rode twelve miles to Jarrett's to preach the funeral of Edward Collins. For about eighteen months past he has attended our preaching, was convinced of sin, but had never joined us. In death was blessed with the peace of God, departing in the faith. I spoke on these words of Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. I was ill able to speak on account of my throat, but was blessed. The people, among whom were some strangers, hearkened diligently. I have been in greater heaviness lately than for some months past. My soul is much humbled. Thursday 7. This is a day appointed for prayer and thanksgiving by the government. I intend to improve it for the church and states. Oh, what cause of thankfulness have we that there has not been a famine of bread and water, and the word of God, that every place has not been deluged in blood. And what cause to praise God, that hundreds have been brought to the Lord, year after year, in these times of trouble. Friday 8. Was under dejection. Read thirty chapters of Isaiah. Rode to Dills, had about forty people, was much led out to speak to the poor. Fasted and intended to spend a great part of the night in prayer, but I felt weak through want of rest. I spent better than an hour in fervent prayer and was much blessed, having my soul divinely filled with love when I lay down. Rose about five o'clock in better health. Passed some time in fervent prayer for the whole work, the preachers and people. Thomas Haskins is a young man of learning, and has been studying the law. Like William Spencer, he has given it up for grace and divinity. Glory be to God. I believe the Lord has called Thomas Haskins for a preacher. He was convinced in Dover some months ago. Saturday 9. I praise my God. I have great peace of soul. Sunday 10. I went to Mr. Thorne's church and heard Mr. Thorne. He preached a good sermon on the Passion of Our Lord, on Whom having not seen ye love. The people seemed very solemn. I preached at Edward White's, was much assisted in speaking on Happy art thou, O Israel. These people do grow in grace. Four or five of them profess sanctification. 
This I know, that they are very spiritual. Monday, 11. I have faith, and am kept in life and the spirit of prayer. Tuesday, 12. I rode to K and performed the funeral rite over a child. In exhortation, I endeavored to enforce the necessity of a strict and pious education. The people were much moved, and I felt some hope, that notwithstanding we have been greatly discouraged here in times past, this swamp will bring forth some fruit of three years' labor. Wednesday, 13. I visited S. White. She is near her end, possessing calm and solid peace, and sweetly resigned to the will of God. Preached at I. Layton's, called to warn my brethren against the poisonous and false principles of opposing sectarists. I was doing only what it was my bounden duty to do, and, indeed, acting on the defensive. Saturday, 16. My soul is kept in constant peace and love to God. Sunday, 17. Preached at J.T.'s on, Oh, that there were such a heart in them, etc. Deuteronomy 5, 29. The congregation was larger, and there was more of the power of God among them, than I have ever known at this place. Tuesday, 19. Rose at 5. My soul stayed upon God. Preached at M.W.'s on the prayer of Jabez to a small, inattentive congregation. Wednesday, 20. I preached to a faithful people at T. Layton's on Matthew 3, 9, 10. The Methodists, blessed be God, do grow as well as the wicked. Their little stock increases. I am pleased with their temporal and rejoice in their spiritual prosperity. Saturday, 23. I attended the funeral of E.T., a man that had been convinced of sin many years ago, but had lost his convictions. About a twelve-month past, God made use of the Methodists to reach his heart again. He sought the Lord, joined our society, and at the last quarterly meeting appeared to be a very happy man. He was poor, persecuted by his wife, children, and family. He was so hardly treated that scarcely could he live with them. He was sensible of his death and died in peace. Sunday, 24. I received a letter from F. Gerritsen and another from T. S. C., who promised me their filial obedience in the gospel. On the same day, a letter from W. G. G., who is well satisfied with his station, and mentions a letter from R. L. Cole, who says, The jarring string is broken, and those who were friends at first are friends at last, in Virginia. I rejoiced for the consolation, and many more will rejoice with me. Tuesday, 26. I preached to an unaffected people at J.E.'s on Matthew 3.17. My soul is stayed upon God, and kept in peace. I rise early and spend my usual time in prayer, and remember my dear friends before God. Thursday, 28. Wrote to C.T. to take S. Rowe's place, while he goes down to the eastern shore of Virginia. I believe God has a work for us to do there. Friday, 29. I rode to I.B.'s, where there had been a work breaking out. But so harassed are the people by opposers and their contrary principles, that I fear no lasting good will be done. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. From B.'s I went to Moore's, 
and met with a people I had not seen for more than nine months. We mutually rejoiced to see each other. Blessed be God, my soul is kept in peace. Broad Creek, Saturday 30 While I was preaching, I was seized with a putrid sore throat. The attack was violent. Sabbath day I took physic and applied two blisters that drew kindly. Afterward put one on the back of my neck and another behind the ear. Had some blood taken from the arm and some from the tongue. And it pleased kind providence to relieve me sooner than I expected. I desire to give thanks to God for patience and resignation. January 1 through 4, 1781. Pain, pain, pain. Fifth found myself considerably amended, so that I sat up and did a little business. Sunday 7. The weather was rainy, so I stayed in the house. This is the second dumb Sabbath I have had. To this I could not submit were I not infirm. Wednesday 10. I rose with a sense of God upon my heart. I preached to many people at G. Moore's on the Great Salvation. My hearers appeared to be very stupid. The family where I lodged was a prayerless family. And if ministers, so-called, can themselves visit without calling the household together for that purpose, it is not to be wondered at that there are so many without family prayer, lying in bed till sunrise, and drinking a dram after they are up, are, perhaps, the circumstances most prominently remembered of their clerical guests. Thursday 11 preached in Quakertown. From thence, being invited and pressed by Mr. T. Rodney, I went to Lewistown, found the courthouse crowded, to whom I preached on 2 Corinthians 5, 13-15. Lord's Day 14. Being rainy, we had only about 120 serious people at the place appointed. The people here are much more gentle than they were a twelve-month past. We have a society of more than twenty members, some of whom have found the Lord. But I think, for ignorance of God and religion, the wilds and swamps of Delaware exceed most parts of America with which I have had any acquaintance. However, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Monday 15 Rose early, spent my usual time in retirement. Preached to about 150 people at S's. I find their prejudices abated, although the work on their hearts is not deep. My soul enjoys peace. I was let out in prayer for the whole work of God, the circuits and the preachers. This I do every morning as my first work. I have a sense of God on my heart, and am sensible of the danger of falling. And what good or harm may I do, as I am faithful or unfaithful? I have been in heaviness, but I trust I am kept from sin. Indeed, I believe Satan is doing all he can to discredit the work of God that is carried on through our instrumentality, because he envies our success. It appears to be high market day among every denomination of people. Availing themselves of the work, they are laboring to detach those who would be members from our society. Thursday 18 I called on the widow F., who had lately lost her husband. He was a constant hearer of us, and as constantly resisted the doctrine he heard, and could not bear the chapel so near him. He sickened and died in a short space. 
was delirious most of the time he was ill. What was remarkable, and awfully so, was that his little son, of whom he was passionately fond, and on whom he frequently called in his delirium to go with him, went and hanged himself about the time his father died. They went into eternity nearly together, and were laid out and buried at the same time. This awful circumstance was the means of awakening a stubborn son, who is now seeking the Lord. How wonderful are the ways of God! He takes away a child to awaken a father, or removes a father to convince a child. Friday, 19. I conversed with T.C., whom I visited under affliction about a year ago. He then had a humble confidence of his acceptance with God, and a firm persuasion that God would save him from all sin. In the course of his sickness he became somewhat delirious, and yielded to a suggestion that it was all delusion. He began to set in order his temporal affairs. But in about eight days there was a change in his disorder of body and mind. His confidence in God returned. He professed that God had saved him from all sin, and he appears to be always alive to God. Sunday 21 Mr. McGaw preached at Bannett's Chapel, and was assisted by Mr. Thorne in the administration of the Lord's Supper. It was a gracious time, and I hope it was not received in vain. Monday 22 On my way to Pease I came on a race-ground, where the sons of Belial had been practicing my horse. He ran away with me when he came to the end of the paths, but stopped, and I received no harm. I lifted my heart to God and by the mercy of the Lord he stopped near a point of woods, which, had he entered, I might probably have lost my life. My heart was deeply humbled before the Lord, who preserved me from such imminent danger. Monday, 29. I learned that about six or seven years ago B.S. was deeply awakened, and became a member of the Methodist Society. Sometime after this he lost his convictions and ran into sin. Last Christmas he was sitting up with a sick person, where were present two women who had lately been awakened through the instrumentality of L.A. They asked him what he thought of the Methodists. He, contrary to his better knowledge, answered, They are all hypocrites. They asked him what he thought of L.A. and I.D. He spake against them as well the rest. How, then, rejoined they, can they pray and exhort as they do, if they are such men as you say? He told them he could pray like a minister himself, when he was in society. Next day he set off to go home, which he never reached. He was taken ill, was bereft of his senses, and so he died. Dover, Sunday, February 4 I preached and had some of the council and members of assembly to hear me. I spoke plainly, intending my discourse as a vindication of the doctrine of the Methodists. Monday 5. On my way to quarterly meeting, held at the Valley Preaching House, I called on His Excellency Governor Rodney to sign my certificate, which he did with great readiness and politeness. At the meeting we found some faithful souls, and the work revives among them. They were greatly led out to speak in the love feast, six or seven standing up as witnesses of a present salvation from all sin. Pennsylvania, Saturday 10. My soul enjoys peace, and I rejoice to hear that the work of God is deepening and widening in the Jerseys. 
My old friends here in Philadelphia appear loving to me, but they are not united as they ought to be. Tuesday 13. After casting in my might, by saying and doing what I could in Philadelphia, I left my kind friends and set off for New Jersey. End of section 42. Recording by Brian Keenan.